When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following podcast has been rated Listener MA. It contains strong language, violence, adult situations, nudity. Listener discretion is advised. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Unfiltered Sportscast. I am your host. My name is Scotty German. Alongside me, as usual, I have two excellent stand-up comedians. First, I have the 1984 Kingman County T-Ball Defensive Player of the Year Award winner, Mr. Jeremy Joseph. Good Sunday to you, brother. Yeah. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it is what it is. A rare Sunday recording for That's us. right. And then we also have another excellent stand-up comedian from the Wichita area. We like to call him the Wreck, Mr. Derek Alders. Morning, Scotty. Morning, buddy. Hey, that's a normal high. That's good. Yeah, you, you don't like all my other ones. No, so. I don't. But, uh, guys, we've got another guest on. Except it's afternoon. Oh, yeah. it's morning to me, okay? Fair enough. That's true. Derek, uh, Derek just woke up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have, uh, we, have the, we have a guest on again for the first time since Dave, so... Uh, we now have the assistant general manager for the Wichita baseball team for 2020. Triple A affiliate. Triple A affiliate. We like uh, we like Mr. Bob Willette to come on. How's it going, Bob? It's going well. Thanks uh, for having me out here, first and yeah. foremost. So. Sure. Absolutely. Thank you for coming out. Now, do you go by Bob or Bobby? Uh, you know, it's funny. So uh, in Modesto, when I worked there, I was Robert. Yeah. Uh, then I was Bob in New Orleans, and now it's Bobby Moe. So it just kind of always changes. <laughs> <Yeah>. so, <laughs> All right. So uh, tell us, man. So you've got this this great opportunity out here in Wichita. Yeah. For those of you guys that listen to us in other states and uh, all the way around the United States, we live in Wichita, Kansas, which uh, we are now getting a Triple A baseball team that's on its way in. Uh, they are the New Orleans Baby Cakes. They're finishing up their season right now, and uh, we will get them by April, I believe, of 2020. Right? Yeah, April 14th, 2020 is opening day. Awesome! Awesome! Wow. So I got to ask you, so what's your story, man? You're coming out all the way out here. Where did you come from? How did you get, get to be doing this now? Yeah, so um, yeah, my story is quite unique in the fact that I never started out in, in sports. Um, I actually graduated from Fresno State. I'm originally from California. <clears throat> yeah. um, lived there most of my life, Central California. Uh, Modesto is where I grew up. Went to school at Fresno State, and then I graduated in uh, 2008. Well, everyone knows December 2008, uh, the recession Hard yeah. to get jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I work for this uh, this company you might have heard of called Abercrombie and Fitch. <laughs> yeah, I used to model for them actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. So um, for their big and tall line. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, their underwear. Yep. So uh, so you know, um, I started out part time, then started getting more hours. Became a full time stock. Became uh, overnight manager, um, and then became an assistant manager as I was going through it. So you know, I'd seen people graduating. And, you know, not finding jobs. Well, I had this job. It was full-time. It's got benefits. Mm-hmm. Got to ride it out for as long as you can. You yeah. know? So I started, like, in 2000, 2002, I think. 
when I went down there. They call me the modern day Van Wilder. Uh, <laughs> sure. I, I, I yes. just had to experience everything that uh, Fresno State had to offer. Nice. Um, yeah. So uh, you know, I gra- I graduated, um, and I, I went ahead and decided to be assistant general manager. So then, uh, not assistant general manager, assistant manager, right? So I moved down to uh, the Southland or La La Land, um, L.A., um, and worked uh, you know at a store there for about six months. Then I got promoted to my own, you know, my own store um, in Downey, California. So, you know, I ran a store with 150 associates, um, had five managers, trained them. Um, you know, we, we kind of set the standard for, you know, the look policy, all those types of things. Weird things, you know, at the time when you're doing it. Um, so, you know, I did that. It was fun, uh, but I want to go bigger. So I moved to the East Coast, and I worked for the, the number one store in the company at Fifth Avenue, New York. New oh, York. wow. Okay. Wow. So, um, you know, you're going from 150 associates to 1,500 associates. God You have damn. 30 managers. You have one regional manager that's just in that store. Um, everything that you do in that store sets the tone for all the other stores, right? So you're doing floor sets every other month, all that kind of stuff. So I was the merchandise systems manager at the time. Um, and so my job was to go in about six o'clock in the morning, you know, five days a week and just audit the store. So, you know, you can only have so many styles of clothes. Um, <laughs> but when you have four, you know, four levels of a store, you know, yeah. the square footage of the store is, you know, 20, 40,000 square feet. Um, you got to make sure that presentations are balanced and, sure. you know, presentation mm-hmm. at that time, uh, was very key for the brand. And so, you know, I would go from the seller at the bottom, go all the way to the top, you know, someone grabs something from the seller, but they go up to the fourth floor and try it on. You got to try to make sure that stuff gets back down to the seller. Sure. So, um, you know, I did that. Uh, it was, it was, it was an awesome experience. I learned a lot from the corporate side of it, you know, standards, things like that. Um, but you know, I just didn't want to, uh, basically be 35 or 40 years old and the only thing I know how to do is tell you what kind of folding board you should use. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. So, you know, I moved back to uh, Los Angeles and I got into internet marketing. So I worked for this company called Campus Explorer, which at the time was the nation's largest college search engine. So if you went on campusexplorer.com uh, and you typed in Wichita State, mm-hmm. um, it would tell you all free demographics, right? Okay, well, 67% is female attendance. These are the programs they have. These are the scholarship funds. How they made their money was you're creating, you're, you're getting leads. So as you get leads, we would partner up with the for-profit universities like the DeVry's, University of Phoenix's. The and good we schools. Would, <laughs> yes, yes. The Ivy League of uh, the internet. Yes, yes, yes. That's where I played ball at. Was <laughs> yeah. You're probably on the very first baseball team. I, huh? I was, yeah. I was. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I did that and it was fun. And, you know, I worked in Santa Monica, um, but I, you know, I lived 24 miles away and it took me an hour and 45 minutes to get to work every day. And yep, back, now right? I'm out. Yep. I'm nope, not gonna do that. <laughs> so so then, you know, a couple of things happened both professionally and personally that kind of gave me the opportunity to hit the reset button. And so at twenty eight years old, I called mom and dad and said, Mom, Dad, I need to come home. Um, I gotta switch some things around. I really wanna get into sports. I think we're gonna go for it. So I ended up moving at home at twenty eight years old. Um, and I was just interviewing like crazy. Like, you know, I interviewed for the New York Yankees. I interviewed for a Chicago fire, like any sport possible. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was just never getting there. Like I would always get to the last, I think the diamondbacks, I was the last like top four candidates. Uh-huh. I was going to go out there and didn't make it. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, what the heck is going on? I have a lot of experience, applicable experience and it just wasn't happening. So I ended up saying, okay, well, I got to go find a job and make money at this point in time. Right. So this dream is probably done. 
So I go to this job placement uh, guy in Modesto, and that's the thing. I the, the irony is I go back at 28 years old to the town I grew up in that I couldn't wait to leave, right? Right. Um, so I go and uh, I sit down with this guy, give him my resume, give him all the things I'm doing. I mean, we're talking, you know, I'm a senior management, you know, person. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're talking internet marketing. Like I started you know, working with Facebook ads before Facebook ads were Facebook ads. Yeah. Um, and so the guy goes, dude, do you have way too much stuff for what I can try to get you here? What do you really want to do? And I go, well, I want, I would like to work in sports. And he's like, all right, well, have you tried the team in Modesto, which is the, they were the Modesto athletics a long time ago, but they're the Modesto nuts. So I was like, Hey, I applied there. No, nothing happened. He goes, well, I know the GM, he owes me a favor. Let me give you or let me give me your resume and I'll, I'll give it to him and sure as heck next week I get a call for an interview <laughs> right so I, I interview with the guy and um, basically I find out the story is it's on the general managers the resumes on the general managers um, desk and he sees my last name and you know my last name is not very common no. I think there's maybe like 20 mallets in the world right? i actually looked it up uh i see it's french for business in the front party in the back yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. there you go you're right you're right yeah. yes so um so he he recognized my last name and the reason why he recognized my last name was he was the director of public relations when i was a parking attendant that was my very first job for the modesto athletics wow so you talk about yeah coming full circle so then essentially i did an internship <clears throat> okay, the internship co- or the internship pay was every two weeks three hundred and fifty bucks flat. Right, cool, oh, man. Yeah. Big bucks, <laughs> yeah, big bucks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So as you can see, living with mom and dad really worked out. Right. Um, so you know, I'm I'm working. You know, I I took this opportunity as like, hey, I got to do whatever it takes to get this done. So being able to take my experience in the retail area, I took over the merchandise. My uh, experience in digital marketing, social media, I took over all that stuff. And this is at the time when, like, you could post something on Facebook and then, like, 15 million people would see it. Mm-hmm. You know, nowadays it's very difficult to do that. But so, you know, you're taking a Facebook page that has 6,000 followers and getting 12,000 by the end of the season. Yeah. Um, which is, you can't do that anymore. Right. Um, so then, you know, I just really worked hard. And then the next, the next uh, season, they brought me on full time. So I was the director of brand management. So, you know, with with it sounds weird, brand management, baseball, but you know your logos, the way that you do things in the community, that is your brand. Yeah, yeah. your brand Absolutely. image. So, um, I ended up taking all that stuff on, um, and then you know I worked there for about three seasons. Again, as I got more and more into it, feel like I was growing. I wanted another challenge, and um, so I started looking around for other you know opportunities to go somewhere else. Maybe not doing everything I was doing, Benesto. Maybe just doing a marketing or or merchandise or something like that. So. Um, you know, my mom was very, you know, she was a very big part of kind of helping me with this. So she'd be looking for jobs and stuff. And so she called me up and she's like, hey, there's a job for New Orleans. Uh, you know, they're doing a rebrand. And the first thing I said, why would I want to live in New Orleans? <laughs> right. So, food. Well, yep, the food. Uh, <laughs> and, and you can uh, carry a beer anywhere that you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, You can do that here, too. You just got to put it in a paper bag. <laughs> yeah, 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 there you go. There you go. <laughs> like Scotty does with the... The to go cup there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, it's vodka. <laughs> so then I ended up uh, I ended up interviewing for the job, um, and I found it to be a pretty good fit. They reached out to me within two days. I flew out there. You know, I I interviewed and, and met the GM and then everyone else on the team. And I was like, all right, this is the fit. 
So they ended up taking that job. So um, New Orleans, uh, you know, in 1998, the Shrine on Airline, which is the stadium we're currently in right now, that was a booming place in 1998. Um, after Katrina, baseball really just didn't come back. So that whole area over there was really supposed to be built up, right? It's not near downtown New <clears throat> Orleans area. It's actually in Metairie, which is right next to, um, you know, it's in, uh, it's right next to Orleans Parish. Um, but so the way they kind of operated things there is, you know, it's kind of a struggling franchise, um, mm-hmm. you know, as far as getting sponsors and stuff. Uh, one of the biggest things was, you know, an NBA team came in there. So sponsorship dollars going from what was going to be the baseball team goes to the NBA. Right. Um, and it makes sense if from a sponsorship standpoint, sure. you're on, you know, TBS, TNT two, twice a week. What are you going to do? Sure. Um, so things are kind of just kind of going down and down and down. Attendance was dipping. Um, you know, they had a merchandise store in the, in, I would be perfectly honest with you, your, uh, studio here is bigger than the merchandise store. Holy smokes. That was there originally. So studio is not big kids. Yeah. Um, so (laughs) camera tricks, right? (laughs) So, uh, so then I go, um, I get there, uh, October 11th and we're going to unveil November 15th. Um, so as merchandise is coming in, I'm ordering merchandise, but also keep in mind building a 12,000 or not 12,000, 1200 square foot store at the same time while keeping everything hidden stuff comes in. You got to get mm-hmm. it in the inventory, put it back in the box, tape it up, put it in a locked area. So I just kind of hustled to get, you know, everything ready to go for this store. And this is the biggest, biggest store that the Shrine on airline ever had. Right. Cause they had a little right. you know, shoe box upstairs. So, you know, we're, we're doing that. The unveil hits. And then all of a sudden, the craziest thing happens. I look at the online, and, and keep in mind, too, there wasn't an online store for the Zephyrs. So we had to set that up as well. Now that comes all out of your regular inventory. You don't have, like, a, you know, department store you can go to or anything like that. Right. And so after the, you know, at 5 p.m. hits, you know, we unveil. It's online. You know, I got a new phone. I think I got the iPhone 7, like, two weeks before, so I didn't know how to turn off the notification. So it w- every time I got an email, <laughs> you know, so things buzzing, right? So I'm looking at the orders and I'm going through the mail for the first time. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, we got, you know, 20 online orders. Real cool. Yeah, awesome. So, you know, we were celebrating. It was a great day. It was a great unveil. It was one of the, one of the most exciting days of my life as far as, for, as, far as a career goes. Um, and so... I look at the online orders the next day at the end of the day, and we had 400 online orders. Jeez. So you're talking, this isn't items. This is orders. Yeah. So we're talking six, 700 <laughs> items wow. just online alone. Then people are coming in the store. The one thing that we will make sure that we uh, do this time that we did not do, we will have enough USPS boxes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so literally every every person on staff was tasked to go within a 25-mile radius and raid the, UP, uh, the U.S. Postal Service right. stores mm-hmm. to get every box that we could get. You know, <laughs> it was just crazy. So, you know, then the success of the brand was awesome. You know, in 14 months, we did over three quarters of a million dollars in revenue in merchandise alone. Jeez. Wow. Um, so, you know, that really helped us, you know, as far as bringing in revenue for the club, getting excitement. Within two months, we had pretty much every state had b- purchased, you know, a baby cakes item, whatever that may be. So um, as that went, and this is as my story keeps, uh, keeps going, sure. um, you know, 
opportunities kind of come and go, right? So we had a promotions guy. He started, and he really only lasted like a month into the season. Well, I did promotions, you know, in-game promotions in Modesto. So as the merchandise machine was really, you know, well, it was a well-oiled machine. I had the right people there. You know, I, I went to Cookie, who was the GM, um, and said, hey, I, I wouldn't mind taking over the promotions. Um, I think we're good with merchandise. I'll always make sure I keep an eye on it. But, you know, I when I hire people, I hire them to be able to just go do what they need to do best, give them a little feedback and everything like that. So then I took the, you know, I took the promotions, and then that went well. We started to kind of change and turn the corner there. And then at the end, I think in fall of 17, you know, they asked, hey, we want to promote you to assistant general manager. So I was like, of course, because that's always what I wanted to be. I wanted to be eventually a GM, eventually a president. And I felt like I had done my time and I know a lot. And so I got that opportunity to do that. And so 2018, you know, I spent the entire, you know, basically being the director of brand management again, you know, mm-hmm. overseeing marketing, overseeing promotions, overseeing merchandise, pretty much everything uh, to run the facility besides, you know, the operations part of it or the maintenance and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so I did that and, you know, uh, I'm, I was expecting to stay in New Orleans until the end of this season. Uh, then when I get a call and they said, hey, we need you in Wichita in three weeks. wow yeah so so then i do that you know and and move here and and obviously i've been here for a couple months so that's kind of where we are so long story sorry no No, you're good bear with me but um that's not your normal a to b most people are like hey i'm gonna go get in sports and they just go get in the sports so yeah getting you know not one chance but two chances to start over. i have a nephew who's actually would like to get into professional sports team management upper management and he's been putting in his his uh, resume with Banana Republic, and I'm telling him you're going <laughs> the wrong route. <laughs> Abercrombie and Fitch is where you need to go. That's exactly where you need to go. And I I knew where you were going when you started the story. Yeah, yeah. I've heard it a thousand times. Yes. No, that is, I because that is a, a very good point. Who, if you were to go to a, like a high school counselor and say I want to be an accountant or a mechanic, or sure they can advise you on that, but. If you wanted to say, I want to be the, the general manager of a professional sports team, they would look at you blank face. They sure. That's not a, a typical career. Yeah. How would you even get started? That is that is really very interesting. Yeah. Now, you'd there. mentioned like uh, wanting to get in. You said you put in everywhere, the Diamondbacks, the Yankees, the Chicago Fire, things like that. So was it... Obviously, it wasn't just baseball you were looking at. Sure. Are, are you a baseball fan by in general? or? Yeah, so uh, baseball is my number one passion. Oh. Uh, I've always loved it. I mean, when I was five years old, I was taking my glove and my bat anywhere you can go. Anything I visualize could be a baseball field. Um, but to get into the industry, I was open to do whatever. And I think that's what you have to do, right? Sure. You got to give yourself as many opportunities as you can. Once you get that opportunity, you can start to kind of... You know, steam. You know, streamline where you where you eventually want to go. Right. Right. Were you so growing up in California? Were yep. you Dodgers or Padres? Uh, I was either of those. Um, so I uh, Northern California, San Francisco, or Oakland. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I didn't even think about that. So you know, most of the time I I, I you know rooted for both teams. Um, you know, I, I had a big Giants affiliation. Um, you know, especially when Bonds was there. But mm-hmm. you know, I kind of had a falling out with San Francisco because I felt like at you know a point in time they refused to continue to get better you know yeah um and then so i kind of fell out of you know i fell out of love with the game for a little bit you know especially after the strike yeah. um you know as a young kid and you're like wait they're not playing baseball anymore yeah, yeah. You know I me mean? 
Um, so my uh, my affiliation, you know, my team uh, now is uh, I'm, I'm a Red Sox fan. Are you? Um, so okay. I'm talking Nomar Garcia Parra. We're talking Mo Vaughn. Man, nobody's oh, perfect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. One of my best friends is a Red Sox fan, and he's a he loves Mo Vaughn. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, and, and then just there's so much history, and I think that's what kind of brought it back for me, right? I mean, look, Wrigley Field, you know, you, you oh yeah, you, you go there, you know, go Bush Stadium, yeah. you know, those are good baseball towns, obviously. And Bush you, isn't, yeah, look, you, yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, really, it's got that stupid arch. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. That's but half right a McDonald. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean. You know, you take those fan bases, you take the Yankees fan base, you take the Red Sox fan base. That's baseball. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's what it is. You go to any of those games at any time, and, like, it's a rocking place. You know, I mean, I go to Wrigley. I thought it was awesome. I'm expecting to get to Bush, you know, this summer or at least next year. I'll go with you. Yeah. So let's do it. Um, but, yeah, just going to Fenway for the first time. I Walking in those gates. And just kind of seeing the history, you know, and I'm a history guy, right? I got, I've watched that Ken Burns baseball yep. thing. Oh, yeah. I own it. I, I must have watched that a million times, right? Yeah. I mean, baseball's always on. My GM, Jared Forma, he was over hanging out and he goes, so do you just watch any baseball game possible? I was like, yeah, pretty, yeah, pretty much. much. Yeah. You know, I mean, if, if the Red Sox are playing, then yeah, of course I want to watch them over anyone else. But I mean, it just really just love the game. So it kind of worked out better, right? So, and That's until awesome. what, last 10, 15 years? Red Sox, I mean, it wasn't always easy to get everybody's games. I mean, even around here, the Royals games were on, what, once a week maybe? Yeah. Fox might have them on, and then they started showing them every day. Yeah. And then they got good, and Mm -hmm. then ratings really went up, and now I think the ratings are really tanking. But, but, you know, that kind of be expected. People come and follow a winner, and for 30 years they had nothing to root for. Uh, Of course, right. Well, I was surprised, and and it makes sense, is uh, there's actually a lot of Cubs fans down in the south. And uh, the and I was like, why? why? Why is that even possible? WGN. That's it. Yes. Yeah. You know, because we even in California, those are the games you were getting. Yep. You know, Cubs and then Cubs the Braves, Braves on TBS. Yep. yep. Yeah. That's. Yep. I remember that. I remember so, the Braves watching the Braves. Yeah. So it was those two, you know, and you see them all the time. So. Which was odd because you had Harry Carey for the Cubs. Yeah. And then Skip Carey for the Braves. Chip. Chip. No, it was Skip was the son, and then Chip's the grandson. Okay, that does it now. Skip Carey was the son. He's dead now too. Um, Couldn't have been more polar opposites. Oh yeah, as far as their personality. I mean, you'd never thought the two were even related. Yeah, because Skip was about as boring as it got. (laughs) (laughs) Harry, you never knew where his of course his commentary was going to go. He might be talking about the barbecue joint across the street. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) and there's a triple play. Yeah. So so anyway, so now you're in Wichita. You said you've been here for a couple months. Yep. So uh, what's the, I don't know, what's the overall feel? Are you being welcomed fairly well? Everybody seemed to be pretty nice welcoming me in. Yeah, well, you know, um, I, I think very welcoming. <clears throat> yeah. I think the excitement for the ball club coming in is most people have been super excited about it coming in. Absolutely. And uh, I think, you know, when you get to see that every day you know being in new orleans for you know two and a half years and kind of seeing where that's going and then you got people who want to come to baseball games and yeah excited yeah. they're going to be there and you know i mean and, and it's not a knock on new orleans but you know that's a football town oh yeah, absolutely right? yes you're, you're saints all the way i've been to saints games in the dome it's crazy i i don't know if i would be able to, to have that be an equivalent for another nfl team as far as that atmosphere in the dome, especially when they're going on their runs, yeah, right? Yeah. And then you got LSU, right? I mean, LSU sure. football's huge. 
Uh, LSU baseball is huge. I mean, they, you know, that's one of the few collegiate programs that actually makes a profit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's not the same as, you know, football or basketball where all those are guaranteed scholarships. You only get 13 scholarships for baseball, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the difference. But, again, everyone just so welcoming, so excited. Yeah. I think the best part about it is we're not just excited about baseball. We're excited about what that riverfront area is going to look like in 10 years. Yeah. I, My wife and I just went down to that Delano district yesterday. I don't go down there near enough, and I should because – there is some cool stuff down yeah. there. And from what I understand, they're going to be building some, some yeah. very cool new shops coming up, too. Yeah. They have an axe-throwing yep. place down there. I knew, I knew you were going to say that. Love yeah. the idea of it's going fun. and throwing an axe. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, you, only get a, you only get three beer max, though. So What? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, Okay. so you can only drink three beers, and then there. after your three, but they, oh, they, yeah. then they cut you off. Yeah. Just yeah. on the beers, but you can yeah, cut you, you can. I like your pun there, cut you off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's got it. It's twenty bucks per person for ninety minutes of throwing axe. I'm <laughs> I'm gonna guess I'd be worn out after ten minutes. <laughs> that, that just that, that looks like one of those things that you wouldn't think would wear you out, but I bet you that would be exhausting yeah, for oh, yeah. a while. We suck at cornhole. We got to get into axe throwing, Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, that's three more beers than they let you take to the shooting range. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, uh, but anyway, so so your what what is your day to day here now? I, I hear you're basically on on the grounds every single day. Yeah, uh, just watching the the stadium being built. Yeah, so our trailers and, and you guys should definitely come by and we'll take you out on a site tour and everything. Oh, that'd be like great. That'd be, that'd, be awesome. Awesome. that'd be really cool. You know, the trailers are right there. Um, so you know, we had trailer one. We just got trailer two. I got moved to trailer two, which I actually like. It's a lot more quiet. Sure. Um, yeah, trailers right in Wichita. I mean, you're right at home. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so um, really, so you know, it, it, as we get closer to opening day, you know, it's not just a sales component. Operations are going to start coming in, right? So yeah. you got to think about, you know, we've got to think about staffing. We got to think about, hey, uh, the schedule once it gets announced in the middle of next month, you know. What are we going to do promo days? Sure. So it's it's kind of starting that process up. Yeah. Um, you mm-hmm. know, when I first got here, uh, we got into, uh, you know, I went to almost every uh, school district and met with the superintendents because we're going to be doing a reading program. So I'm trying oh, to cool. get feedback and everything like that. So it's really like day to day, just anything that we kind of need to get done. You know, I mean, as this branding starts getting closer and closer, there's going to be things that we're going to need to do to execute from a marketing standpoint, from a merchandise standpoint and all that. So that's kind of really the day-to-day. You kind of got to have your head on the swivel, yeah. you know, because you'll be starting this and then all of a sudden they'll want you to go do this or you'll need to do this. So, yeah, I mean, as we get closer, it's just it's it's you pretty busy, you know. And then yeah. obviously coming to things like these and stuff, I think it's, it's important as well. So I was uh, – I did the Sunrise Scrambler for the Chamber, I think, about a month ago where I was one of the panelists on social media. Okay. Um, so just kind of talking about it and stuff like that. And by all means, I don't think I'm an expert on social media, but they thought I was. <laughs> um, you know, so I just kind of gave them with some things that we're doing. Um, but, you know, it's it's going to those things and being visible in the community. Um, so I, I don't know if you guys cut – got to see this or got to hear it. I got to coach League 42. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Um, you know, this year. And so – uh, I felt bad for all for all guys and girls in NOLA because when you work the baseball schedule, you're there at 8.30 in the morning and you leave the minute the gate's locked, right? So mm-hmm. these guys are working seven, eight, nine, ten 10 days in a row, and I get to go home at 5 if I want to. So I figured, hey, I'm not going to get the opportunity to do this next year, so let's get out into the community and let's go do something. So I you know, connected with Bob Lutz. 
Um, and he got me in the program. So, you know, you're doing their nine to five, then you're doing your practice, then you're doing your games. Um, we just actually recently did a U13 showcase, the first time that uh, League 42 did it. So you got practices for that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you're just kind of running That's around, awesome, you know. Dude. That's really cool. Now, uh, what were uh, some of your favorite <clears throat> promotions that you ran in New Orleans? Um, you know, Star Wars night is always a good night. Yeah. Uh, superheroes is always a good one. Um, one of the promotions I like the most because I'm really big on the community, mm -hmm. um, is we did a kids takeover and so okay. how it worked. And I think we we're going to probably do something similar here is, uh, we put out on social media and our email news blast and we said, Hey, if you're interested in working with us for a day, please have your mom, mom or dad, send a letter in Y and then we'll interview you. And so what we did was we inter interviewed, I interviewed 25 kids. And just asked them crazy questions. What's your favorite color? What's your favorite this or whatever it was? Just to kind of so you know, kids, mom and dad's the one that want them to do it more than they do, right? Uh, yeah. You know, so mom's walking in dragging the kids. So you got to kind of lighten the. So mm -hmm. what they did was they actually for the night we got them shirts, we got them hats, we got them their own name tags and everything like that. Uh, they shadowed us during a game. Oh, cool. Oh, that's so neat. the operations guy had two, three kids with him. You know, I had two, three kids with me, took them up to the radio booth. One of them, we got them on TV. The other one got to announce the players, like all those things. Um, so I really like that one because you see how proud the parents are mm -hmm. because they're the ones that are going to go and tell everyone <clears throat> about it. Right. So I think we'll probably do something similar to that. We're doing a Stranger Things night. Sweet. Um, oh, cool. I'm in. Yeah. So uh, we're giving away a hat. And uh, if you go on the, uh, the Baby Cakes website, so... Um, it's a dude with the shag hair. You know, he's got that red, white, and blue kind of truckerish hat. Yep. It doesn't have anything. Yep. So what we did is with the, you know, because of copyright, we put Nola in the upside down with okay. the same font. That's cool. Right? That's cool. So something that people would want. Um, we did a bobblehead giveaway. So it's the legends of uh, the legends of Nola giveaway. And so yeah, Fats Domino, who was a big jazz musician down there, he passed away last year. You have uh, Steve Gleason. And Steve Gleason's got a trophy in front of the dome. And, you know, when Katrina hit, you know, and Saints football started to come back, he made a key block against the Falcons that basically said, hey, Saints football is back, yeah. right? Um, he uh, unfortunately suffers from ALS, oh. so he's not as mobile, but he's out to have the Gleason Foundation. So we did a we did a figurine, not a bobble, right? Because it's obviously ALS. Yeah, yeah you don't want to do that. that. So, um, <laughs> like so a Michael did. J. Fox model. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, exactly. Got it. And I remember that game. It was a Monday night game, if I recall right. Yep. Falcons Saints. It was the first game back in the dome. Yep. And Falcons had just been to the NFC Championship game the year before and yeah. were heavy favorites. And the Saints came out and just kicked the shit out of them. <laughs> yeah. It was, I mean, and, and just the. The raw emotion. Yeah. You, I, I listened to it on the radio. I was working second shift at the time. Yeah. I listened to it on the radio, and I could just feel the emotion coming through the speakers. Yeah. Of, of, it was such a, a special game. Yeah. And uh, got, so you were there through Katrina? No, I wasn't. Okay. Um, so, you know, I got there in 2016. Okay. 2005 okay. is when it happened. Um, But, you know, I asked as many people about it who live it so my girlfriend she she lived through katrina um wow. her house got flooded uh. she had to go to lsu for a while um her house was so flooded i don't think they even went back into it um wow. you know and my roommate same thing you know his parents had a house you know right where the levee broke um and so just kind of learning more about that and, and like you said that's the reason why i was so emotional because the superdome during that time that was housed a bunch that's of people. where they put them yeah yeah you know and um, a lot of people died and yeah it, it was really a bad bad scene yeah i believe it was the worst natural disaster to happen 
to the United States at that time. Yeah. Now, obviously, hey, Harvey happened to. Fail. I had something similar happen to me where I got water in my basement <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, a few months ago. So I know, I know what it's all about. <laughs> yeah. So Jeremy problems. So, were, so then uh, the third uh, bobblehead or figurine is like the Natchez steamboat. So it's a steamboat that is an iconic steamboat that goes on the uh, Mississippi, right on mm-hmm. the West Bank. It's weird how the river goes. You know, uptown is actually not uptown because usually uptown is usually north of downtown, but uptown here is like southwest of downtown. Just the yeah. way the river bend goes. Oh right yeah. Um, so what you do is you'll get those figurines, but on the actual base of it. If you put them together, it actually has the Greater New Orleans neighborhoods. Oh, on neat! It. So you have to get them. You have to collect mm. them all if you want every neighborhood that you want, right? So if you're in Uptown or you're in Midtown or you're in the CBD, you know you got to get the you know Fats Domino one. If you want to get something that's you know in the Trem neighborhood, you got to get the Steamboat. So I thought it was really cool, and I, I you know I stole. It. And, and then the thing is, minor league baseball, we all steal each other's ideas, right? So, uh, you know, the Red Sox, they do that win, dance, repeat with their outfielders, right? You got mm-hmm. Benatini, Betts, and, you know, uh, Bradley Jr. Well, Portland Sea uh, Dogs, which is a Red Sox affiliate, double-A Red Sox affiliate, uh, they did a bobblehead trio of those guys, and they connected together, so they're all doing their moves as a right. uh, okay. So it's like, okay, well, let's do something similar to that, but we don't have to stay player-centric. Let's do something that people would want and have pride in their city, so we collected that together. So it turned out to be a pretty good one. Um, and again, it gave us an idea of some of the things that we might be able to do here. So nice. you, were, you were talking about the kids take over. Did you see the video on the? Uh, I think I think I saw it on Facebook not long ago. The kid that took the pitcher out of the game. Oh, oh no! Yeah, I did see. Yeah, that. a little guy. He's probably oh, he, seven, yeah, six, if that. Yeah. And I, it looked like they. He was the coach. Yeah, and he had the jersey and everything <laughs> yeah. on, and he walks out there, and they've yeah. got the catcher, the pitcher. I think third base, first base is in there. The whole infield's yeah. in there. And he takes the pitcher out, and then he walks around in a circle and slaps them all. Yeah. <laughs> and then walks back, back to the dugout. I mean, th- did th- he signal the ping? You mean left? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a great experience. But I mean, I think we won up that. We had the kids hold the hose while you were watering the field. Oh, know? yeah. <laughs> I would imagine. They could do that for my lawn, too, yeah. if they yeah. want to. I would have I to imagine, that. especially with minor league baseball, It, and this is not a slight against minor league baseball, but with major league baseball, People are going to come out and watch it because it's sure. major league, especially when they win. That's yeah, really the key. Minor leagues, you get a winning team together. That's not always the best sign because all those guys are trying to go somewhere else. Sure. So that usually means they're not going to be around much longer. Yep. So it's probably fairly tough, isn't it, to get people to come out and support yeah. a team and, of players that aren't going to probably be there next year. And that's why, you know, I kind of touched on a little bit earlier. That's why it's important to establish a strong brand. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, uh, we when we did the the name uh, kind of we, we came in January and I think we met with about 300 people, um, you know, about kind of name suggestions and thoughts just to learn more about Wichita. Right. Because mm-hmm. we can't come in here and never sight unseen like, OK, this is what it is, you know, because <laughs> yeah. um, but we you know, what we told them was regardless of what the name is, it's your brand commitment to the people who are going to be supporting you that matters the most. People don't buy Nike because of the swoosh. Maybe some people do, right? But there's something out there socially that they might be aligned with, right? Sure. So for mm-hmm. us, the community, we need to make sure that we are in the community. We're doing League 42. We're at the kids. We're doing all those things. Um, and I think that's what minor league baseball is all about. It's sure. really, that's the power of the brand and the commitment to you. Like, hopefully you come to the game 
and you have a memory, right? I, you know, you ask 95% of fans who come to a minor league baseball game what happened in the middle of the fifth inning, they're not going to know, right? Right. But whenever I talk to anyone and tell them, hey, I'm with the baseball team, they always tell me about that one cool experience that happened. We got on the video board. My son got to throw the first pitch. My son got to meet the players, those things. Those are what is the most important for us to, sure. be, you know, drive it, regardless if they're good or not. And winning helps. Right. Of course. Oh, sure. You know, but like you said, you know, you... You can't fall in love with these guys and, and really market them because they could be gone tomorrow. Sure. Right. I, I feel very sorry for, for the actual managers of the team. Sure. Because they're trying to build these – they're trying to win baseball games. Of course. And show that they're good managers. And as soon as they get the guys good enough, yeah. they take them. Yeah. They you know, but that, that's or... also a testament to them too. Oh, you sure, know? sure. Um, you know, because – you know, they're trying to win games, but the most important is obviously the development, development right? Players, um, yeah. You know, w- being able to work with, uh, you know, Arnie Baylor, who was our manager in New Orleans, who's now the first base coach of the uh, Baltimore Orioles. Uh, he won, you know, the Red, he, he won a World Series ring with the Red Sox when he was the bench coach with them. Um, just seeing kind of how he does things on an everyday basis with the players, what's the most important, you know? I, mean, I remember being... Uh, when I was in Modesto, when we were a Rockies affiliate, you know, we had some good pitchers, you know, but they would shut them down after five innings. Yeah, you know, it didn't it didn't matter if they're throwing a, a no hitter or a yeah. perfect game, they're shutting them down, and so you have to combat that with really pushing the brand. Yeah, yeah. what do you think and, about like what they're doing in the minors, such far as they're making it kind of kind of a test ground, like such far as uh, maybe doing they're I think they're I don't think it's minors, I think it's independent. They're talking yep. about stealing first base. And then like the electronic umpires yep. pitching, you know, balls and strikes and things like that. Yeah. How it, it, do you are you a fan of it? Like how they try it out there and they kind of use it as a testing ground or. So you know, there's obviously some things that are great and something that are that are not great. So in minor league baseball, there's a pitch clock. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you don't have Clay Buckles going up there taking 91 seconds per pitch, <laughs> right? Um, and it speeds up the game. Um, another thing they do. Uh, in minor league baseball, is extra innings. They start with a runner on second. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I forgot about that. And, and, and to the baseball peers, and here's the thing: that's never. I don't think that's ever going to get to the major league level. The players' union is probably not going to want to do something like that. But for what we're doing, it makes the most sense. Sure. Um, and you think about it: if you play an 18 inning game, and, and this happened uh, to us in Modesto, um, I didn't realize how much it affects the entire system. Right. So you play an 18 inning game. Right. Obviously, it's late. I mean, mm-hmm. We didn't even shoot the fireworks off. It was that late. But then what happens is you burn two pitchers. So now you got to put them on the DL. Now you got to call two guys, guys up from, from double A. Two guys up from double A. Then you got to send two guys down. And it starts to actually be a little expensive. Wow. Based sure. on a game that doesn't that. matter. Yeah, sure. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, and, and that's the thing is like, yeah, they want to teach them to compete, but those are the things you have to take into consideration. So, I think once they implemented the extra innings in 2018, there was maybe two games that went past the 15th inning or something like that. And, right. And there was maybe like 10 games that went past the 11th inning. So I think in in, in interest of what minor league baseball is about, those rules are great. I think you'll see the pitch clock maybe not in five years, maybe not in 10 years, but I see – 15, 20 years, there'll be a pitch clock in MLB. Do you see pitch clock or DH universal coming first? Um, you know, it, I I would see probably DH coming first if if that's if that's how they kind of want to do it. Um, but again, we're so traditional with the game. Yeah, you Jeremy know? hates that. Right? <laughs> Jeremy, I'm an, hates I'm an American that. League guy, and I hate the. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, 
You know, and look, they're looking at it, and like you said, that's independent ball. Uh, you know, they the actually, first bases, yeah. Yeah, so I think the bases are 14 inches. They're making them 18 inches. Uh, they'll have the assisted umpire assisted uh, strike zone. I don't like that. Yeah, I think I love the human element of the strike zone because I think is how you how you play it is. It's kind of like in in life, and that's why I always say the reason why I love baseball is because you know baseball really is kind of the model for what you know at the time the American dream is. Right? There's six levels of minor league baseball that you have to play before you can even go to the major leagues. Yeah, and ninety percent of those dudes never make it. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's a testament to how much you have to grind it, right? Oh, absolutely. Now, take the umpires, for example, okay? You might have one strike zone one day that's this, and you have one that's that. But that's life. You have to deal with it, and you have to adjust on swivel. That's exactly so, what I was going to say. Yeah. I, I love the pitchers that are able to see, okay, you've got uh, Hernandez behind behind home plate who's calling a high outside strike. So I am going to use and abuse that all game long, and it's a really tough pitch to hit. Sure. And he'll just sit there, and he'll gun down guy after guy after guy coming out, and, and it's a ball. It yeah. is a ball. But yeah. but then again, it's Angel Hernandez. So yeah, yeah, you know, and, and it's just something you have to deal with. You yeah, know? yeah. I mean, but that's part of the game. That's yep. part of the reason that you have so many people like us that are so obsessed with it and love watching it. It's because we kind of know and grasp onto those things that a lot of people that don't pay attention to the sport may not know. Sure, you know. And I had said one other time on this show: if you follow a team start to finish of the season, you can see exact moments where the whole season will start to take a turn. Yep. Or where they'll go on a big losing skid. You can. Not just to a game, but you can peg it down to a player, even maybe a pitch, yep. where it should have been a strikeout that they called it a walk, yeah, yep. and and that led to a landslide. Steve well, Bartman. <laughs> Bartman. Well, you take, and it's funny that you say that, because I was able to, when I was in, uh, when I was back home, I was able to watch the Giants go all the way through to win the World Series, yeah. right? My uh, my sister had worked for the Royals a long time ago. She's able to get the playoff sleeve, so I got I got the tickets at the cost. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah, God. so, um, but think about it. That moment that Hunter Pence, they're down 0-2 to Cincinnati, in Cincinnati, and Hunter Pence just lights it up on everyone. Mm-hmm. That turned it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, if, if he doesn't do that, they don't win. No. Mm-hmm. Posey no. doesn't hit the home run. Yeah. They don't go back. They don't win game five. Yep. You know, and then even, you know, look, St. Louis, that was a that was a tough St. Louis team, and then that game yeah. seven. I mean, I mean, at the end there, I mean, that series right there. If they don't turn the corner like you're saying, they don't walk right all over Detroit, right? Yeah. Yeah. Detroit yeah. wins in one. I think they sweep yeah. or they win in five. So yeah. they're sitting there for two weeks. The Giants had to grind every single game and played in every single elimination game yep. until the World Series. Those those are the turning points. I, and, mm-hmm. and I like I like to point, even though it worked out in my team's favor, I'm a Royals fan. Uh, 85 World Series, yeah. Game Six, ninth inning. Uh, George Order for the Royals comes up to bat, hits a sh- little squibber to the shortstop. It's a slow throw, beats him out at first base. But Don Denkinger, the umpire, called him safe. Yep. Now would have just been the first out of the inning. Order was later thrown out at third base, so he never mm-hmm. even scored. Yeah. But it just led to this yeah. downslide. Yeah. And the, it's, the wild card game. Yeah. yeah. Where they teed off on Lester, who was just yeah. dominant all year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, this was this was a, a bad, this is a one moment that really didn't actually make the difference in the game. Sure. But it led to the mentality of yeah. everybody. Just, well, they fell apart. I mean, Bill Buckner. Yeah. 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 Uh, the Red Sox are, you know, they're, they're going to win, right? Yeah. Uh, Bob Costas is literally in the Red Sox clubhouse thinking, this is going to be the first time in recorded history 
that we're going to be celebrating a Red Sox World Series championship. And then they take everything down, and he never goes back into the clubhouse. Yeah. You know I mean? The Mets had actually put up on their scoreboard, congratulations, Boston. <laughs> yep. And, yeah, it was that was a weird deal. Now, if he'd have made that play, that would it would have sent it into extra innings, actually. That would have been the last out. Sure. Uh, they had tied it at that point. but And I'm not sure that he would have beaten him back to first base. We talked about that on the show. Yeah, it, was, it would have been a tough but, play. Because his knees were bad. Too. Sure, <laughs> but I think that it's it's the it goes back to the play not being made that just deflates. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and and that was game and, six. Yep. There was another game to go. They still had a chance to come out and win game sure. seven, and they didn't. That's yep. why I bring up that Bartman play. Same thing. That was game six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember my I was watching that game in Ohio, yeah. and my mom's like, "They got another game." I'm like, yeah. "You don't understand. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's yeah. done." Yeah. Because <laughs> then after that. The fielding errors, all those oh, yeah. things. It's just demoralizing. It's a snowball effect. Mm-hmm. That's and, what it is. And and that's the thing with this game, right? And it's like you tell these kids, you have to have a short memory. But when, mm-hmm. you, when you have to take one like that, I mean, that's that's difficult to sometimes overcome. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, you said you said that phrase that you have to have a short memory in baseball, and this all of a sudden I've got six memories that just go <laughs> bing, 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 bing. Yeah, yeah. anyway. Uh, so, so we this team that we're we're talking about that you're the assistant GM, GMO of we're going to be in the Pacific Coast League. Yes, right. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about that because I see a lot of prime candidates for rivalries uh, from where we're from. Sure. Uh, because I think an episode ago I actually misspoke. I I said the Oklahoma City Redhawks. That was actually years ago. Now they're the Oklahoma City Dodgers. Yep. They play in the same stadium that I was talking about. So beautiful, but mm-hmm. the Oklahoma City Dodgers. And I think that's going to be a really really good rivalry for us. Sure. Because it's always been like that in Wichita. We we always have. A rivalry between, with Tulsa and, and any other Oklahoma team. Yeah. So what's where's the competition at with this league? I mean, how many teams are there? How many teams are, are there divisions? How yeah. does this work? So there's 16 teams. Okay. Uh, there's four divisions of four. Okay. So, you know, you have your north, south, east, and west uh, divisions. Um, I, I'm not 100% on the details on, on that, how it works. But sure. essentially, the division winners, they'll win, they'll play, you know, off and then they'll have a championship game for the PCL, and then whoever wins the PCL actually plays the winner of the independent league game in, the, in a one-game take-all playoff. Oh, that's cool. So it's oh. a national championship game. It's usually on ESPN or uh, one of the major, or ABC or something like that. Oh, cool. That's cool. Um, so that's how that works, but that's a one-game, right? It's not seven. You're right, yeah. I mean, you're getting down to where, you know, it's AAA, AA, and these guys, if they're going, they're, they're probably September call-ups, right? Yeah. yeah. So... Unless you're trying to hold service time, sure, and, yeah, right. exactly. So, um, so that's usually kind of what happens. Um, you know, the playoffs are obviously exciting to make the playoffs, um, but it's not that same mentality as it is in MLB. Right? If you're in that, you know, that playing yeah. game or something like that, it's just a lot. It's a lot different. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. Uh, the PCL also it, a lot of history. Yeah. I know. Uh, at one time, you know, they called them the major leagues on the East Coast because traveling beyond the Rockies was sure was not easy they were basically the major leagues of the west coast yeah at one time back oh god yeah long you know, time back, ago yeah uh east Bay west coast you mean? And, or the west coast yeah yeah uh but basically the the Rockies or was it Mississippi was more the dividing yeah I think it was I think it was more in the Mississippi everything from you know the east that's pretty much where all the all the teams right. were like you said right um and it and that's kind of what it was I mean the Padres were in the Pacific Coast League as a triple mm-hmm. A team before they became a major league team. Right. Yeah. Um, so it really took San Francisco and it took LA to get out 
there to really kind of open up mm-hmm. right. kind of the board. But yeah, you're right. I mean, there's a bunch of teams. There's a bunch of history on Pacific Coast. And it literally was on the Pacific Coast, right? Pacific Coast, <laughs> and I'm down on the Gulf Coast, you know? Yeah, yeah <laughs> so right. Like, now you're in a landlocked state. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you, the one thing about the Pacific Coast League that's different from the International League is the travel. You know, they fly 75% of the time, right? Uh, internationally, a lot of the teams are close. They can bus. Yeah. So that travel schedule is just, it's a grueling schedule. I you know I mean? You're going from Tacoma to New Orleans, and you're playing three games, and then you got to go to Fresno. Or, and they do a good job of, you know, if you are out, if we are out in the West Coast. And we don't play all those teams um, as much as we'll play within our same division, just like right. Major League Baseball. But, you know, you'll see every other year, you'll see Sacramento or Fresno come to town. And then you'll go there the other year like that. So when they do go and play, uh, you know, Sacramento, usually they'll play a four-game series and then they'll play a, a three-game series against Fresno to try to keep it all yeah. kind of the same. Now, nice. MLB, it's 162 games in 180 days. What is uh, what is minor league? Oh, 70, I think. Uh, 140, so 70 uh-huh. home games. Yeah. 70 home games? Yep. Okay, 140 games still. Yeah. That's yeah. a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's a and grind. That's, that uh, I, I really want to drive home to anybody listening that AAA baseball, these guys are one step from yeah. the major leagues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's something I think when the Wranglers were in town that people took for granted. Yeah. At one time, you could have seen on one team, Johnny Damon, Carlos Beltran, Jermaine Dye, Raul Ibanez, and Mike Sweeney. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Come, and you could have had access yep. to these guys, yeah. gotten autographs from all of them. And it's going to be the same thing here. Only sure. these guys are yet another step closer. Yeah. Literally future, one step away. Yeah, they, yeah. There's probably going to be some future superstars mm-hmm. come through Wichita that you might not ever have a chance to yeah. to see them again. Well, and and, and take uh, this into consideration. Say we're playing Salt Lake, and I, I hope this never happens. But if it did happen, it'd be pretty cool. And Anaheim is in KC, and Trout has to rehab. Yeah, he could, he could be in our building. You can see yeah. Trout, yeah, and, in, and mm. the fact that you can see arguably probably the best player in the history of the game mm-hmm. for a fifteen dollar ticket. Yeah, that's uh, nuts. That's you know what I mean. Sure. So yeah, you drive you drive home a good point there is that you know you get a chance to see these guys before they usually hit big. Kimbrel was just I was uh, just that's why I was pointing at you. Yeah, yeah. Kimbrel just you know he was just in AAA before yeah. getting tuned up for a couple weeks before yeah. he started, and yeah, yeah, you had access to Kimbrel for nothing. Yeah. yeah. So right. and he's signed yeah so and i'll tell you the one thing that uh, i thought is pretty cool is when those big leaguers come down they really do a good job uh with the fans do um, they and they good. actually do a good. good job with the with the guys too so um especially in single a when you know when we get some of the rockies guys like when john gray made it you know mm-hmm. he came through modesto but he was rehabbing you know he buys everyone you know uh, you know, everyone in the clubhouse, their meal, right? I mean, he takes care of them and does all that kind of stuff because, you know, you're single A, you're just kind of, yeah. you, you want yeah. the potato salad, right. you know, and he mm-hmm. goes to Texas Roadhouse and takes care of everyone. I think that's what's really cool when you see those guys because those guys remember I was you. Yeah. yeah. And I yeah. remember when that guy took care of me, so I want to do the same thing. That's Gray was awesome. Gray was the three pick, I think, after Bryant, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It went uh, Mark Apple and then Bryant, then Gray. Yeah. yeah. But, uh Next thing I want to get into is with our team, we're going to be – I believe we haven't talked about this yet, but we're going to be affiliated with the Marlins. Did we talk about that yet? Not quite. No, okay. I mentioned it. Um, so I, I've been told that that the affiliation with the Marlins actually also does expire. Yes. Okay, it, which I believe is the same year that we start. Is that also So correct? we'll be at the end of the 2020 season. End of the 2020 season. Yep. Okay. So what do you think is going to happen with that? 
So, you know, it's hard to really say what happens with the PDC game and that right. PDC is player development contract. So every minor league baseball team signs into a player development contract with a major league team, regardless if the major team major league team owns the minor league team or not, right? right. So how it works is it's usually two or four-year contract, and it's always even. There's never overlap. So that at the end of 2020, if for some reason Miami wants to go somewhere else, we will still have a team that will be here. So we'll never be pushed out okay. to where we won't have a major league affiliate. Right? Okay, that's so cool. Prime example is Fresno. So Fresno was a Astros affiliate for about four years, and then that player development contract uh, ended. The Astros ended up going to um, – Nashville, and so Fresno ended up being uh, Nationals affiliate. So you got Fresno, California, <laughs> you got Washington D.C. So those things can happen. Okay. Um, you know the biggest thing with the PDC for the major league players, and we we're talking a little bit before we started for the major league teams is the it's the facilities. Yes. It's all all those types of things. So you know we could be a Marlins affiliate for you know two more years, four more years, or eight more years, depending on what it is. But you know. Maybe one day St. Louis, you know, yeah. they don't want to be in Memphis anymore. Which would be crazy. You know, that and would be crazy because I can't even remember yeah. the last time that they weren't affiliated with Memphis. Sure. Now they have ownership stake. So if sure. you start having an ownership stake into the teams, I think you're going to probably be more along the lines of what you are. Um, example of that was we we're uh, Rockies affiliate from 2005 all the way until 2000, 2017. Um, but then Seattle bought. 51% of the Modesto franchise, so now they're a Seattle affiliate. So oh, okay. Oh, wow. those, those things will happen like that. But, yeah, I mean, we we can be a Marlins affiliate for a long, long time, depending on how the two parties decide they want to, you know, go about it, or we can be another affiliate. And I don't have any idea of what sure. affiliates could be there or not. I mean, Well, I, all I was saying was, like, because it makes sense, them, like Miami being an affiliate with New Orleans. I mean, they're just sure. they're not that far away. Yeah. But now you're giving me other examples where they're all, you know, their affiliated team is all the way across the United States, so sure. it wouldn't be that big of a deal. Yeah. But, I mean, I was just curious to see if that, that's even a possibility or what, what may happen, I guess. Yeah, and but, you, you never know, like, uh, what will happen in four years with the affiliation game, as we like to call it. Sure, you know? and we were talking about on one of our episodes of that, you know, you, you got the actual Marlins, Miami Marlins, uh, maybe a team in the future to actually relocate is a pot. I mean, we were talking about that, just sure. speculating. We weren't saying that that's going to happen, but that was something that we were talking about. But I think the hard part is, is that's a pretty new stadium. Yeah. yeah. So to relocate that, that's, I think there's a lot of taxpayer money and a lot of, a lot sure. of that. That's sure. You'll see. Uh, I think you'll see Tampa Bay move before you see Miami move. Um, and I don't know if you guys heard my Tampa Bay and is, the Montreal Expos. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how that's going to work. Quite frankly, I have no idea. I mean, I, Montreal didn't draw either. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and and so in that and that's the thing, especially Major League Baseball, and the same thing with Minor League Baseball, right? You know, this to get a team here again after a, a triple or a double A team left. Mm-hmm. In, it wasn't an easy task. Oh, I don't right? doubt that at all. Because, um, you know, they look at that, right? I mean, they, they saw the model in Montreal was failing. They left and they moved. Why would you go back into that same market if you haven't seen significant increases in it? Now, I see from the Tampa Bay point of view how it could work because you don't have 81 games in Montreal. You might only have 40 or however the heck they're going to do mm-hmm. it. So it's kind of like football where you only have 16 games. Of course, you got to go to one of the games if yeah. you're a fan, right? Right. Sure. Um, so they could do that. But then 
what happens in the playoffs. Yeah. They're going to play one game in Montreal, then fly to Tampa Bay, then go to Oakland when they have to go on the road. You know what I mean? I just don't. I don't see how that how that works, and how do you differentiate which home field you want to use? I mean, you got two different fan bases, and I just don't. And will the major leagues even let them? They're letting them look at that option as a possibility. That's that's uh, was announced a couple weeks ago. With with Tampa being kind of in the situation that that Tampa's in, like if that job were to come open, would that be something you would even be interested in? With just how much of disarray that seems like it would kind of be. Um. So for me. I really like the minor league baseball um, business. So sure, it's not as interchangeable to go from minor league to major league and major league to minor league. Um, I always consider major league is more corporate. Okay, right? okay. You, you have an HR team. You know, our HR guy in in New Orleans is you know he's twenty five. You know, and he's taking care <laughs> of all the stuff. Right. <laughs> um, we're kind of a small business. Um, the the things that you want to do on an everyday basis. I have my hand in everything. In Wichita, right? And what I mean, what I what I mean by that is that if I have something I want to say about tickets or something I want to say about merchandise or something I want to say, I can say it. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean they'll listen to it. But you don't even deal with that in the major league scene. So my brother-in-law works for the Athletics, um, and you know they're trying to get that brand new stadium and everything like that. He's the manager of uh, he's he's the manager of the inside sales team, the core. But that's all he does. He has no say on the promotions. He has no say on what the merchandise is. And for me, I like it because it's like an unwritten, you know, kind of work responsibility that I nice. have. So to get to do all those experiences. So I will never say no, never. Um, but the opportunity would have to be one of those opportunities in a lifetime that you're not going to get. Right. You know, mm. um, and I think that was the reason why I took the New Orleans gig. How many people get to rebrand? Yeah, you know? right. And sure. then now in two and a half years, how many people get to create a new brand, which I've been part of the process since day one, and get to open a brand new stadium Yeah, and have a say in it? You yeah. know what I mean? So 15 years from now, there's going to be something in that stadium that I decided and I can tell my kids and then eventually they'll tell their kids or I'll tell my grandkids. That's what happened. I mean, you don't get that opportunity every day and right. especially you know, major league professional sports, uh, it, it's a little bit more difficult because of how much money is in those entities. Sure. Which, true. you know, from what I understand from what, from, from the videos that I have seen, there are people who are not happy about the parking lot situation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the one guy. I've, the, the one I've guy. Seen it. Yeah. I mean, brought to tears yeah. over the, I mean, God forbid you should be mildly inconvenienced. Let's have the city spend three quarter of a million on a sure. new, on a new parking lot, yeah. taking up a lot of, uh, a lot of commercial space, so sure. that you and your daughter are not mildly inconvenienced. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, and, and here's the thing. I, I saw that, too, um, and, you know, I, I don't know. I think there's something else, because we only saw the part where he was crying, right? So, yeah. so there might be something else where he can't – he's not as accessible as we are to walk it. Yeah. Um, and, and that's me, you know, thinking about – but the whole purpose of this project is to – revitalize the downtown area yeah right, the Delano right? area yeah so you know the goal is for you to go to old town mm-hmm. grab a beer grab right. dinner whatever you want hopefully grab dinner from us because it'll be relatively inexpensive right. but you know <laughs> go grab a beer hop on the trolley drop you off right at the stadium take a scooter take a bike that's the whole purpose of this like there's going to be surface parking yeah okay? there's sure. just not going to be ten thousand spots you know 
within a half a mile radius, there's 10,000 spots for you to park to come to the ballpark. Mm -hmm. And there's all the public transportation that you would need to get there. I mean, I would assume that when the stadium is pretty much done, that the trolley routes have four trolleys, that will double. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're... I think that's the thing is a is is a little frustrating sometimes about it is I get it. I mean, I definitely, you know, would like to, you know, park close to wherever I'm going to sure. be. You know, if I get my haircut, of course I want to park right up to the haircut or thing. Right. But the whole ballpark experience is for you to walk around. I mean, yeah. You think about it, and I was thinking about this the other day. When you go to a ballpark, right, as opposed to going to a basketball game mm-hmm. or, or going and we're talking major league. You walk the ballpark. Yes. Oh, yeah. You every see time. everything that is going on. We just brought that up I on our last episode. I just said that last yeah. episode. Every, every time. Yeah. You've got I, I said hour we. and a half. Yeah. Oh, whatever. I said we. Did you, uh, did you go to any of the AA games? Or not double A games, but did you go to did you go to see any of the games at Lawrence Dumont before they tore it down? No, or? you know, no. Um, I saw Lawrence Dumont right before it got torn down. Okay. And then I came back and I saw half of it was torn down. Um, and then they came back and it was all gone. I got to play in it. It wasn't. Multiple times bad state it just sure it didn't have soul yeah. to it i want a place that's got some cool james attractive, brown <laughs> yeah i yeah they could only play james brown music yeah, yeah. and aretha franklin yeah, yeah. that would be <laughs> sure uh but no i i totally agree with that idea parking lots are ugly they're empty space unused <laughs> space and they're usually hot yeah. Uh, sun's just beating down on them. Yeah. Buildings provide shade. It cost Shops you 10 bucks, shade. 20 bucks to park in one. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, I mean, but, there, there's going to be parking at the end of the day. There's, yeah. It's just not going to be right. 10,000 spots right next to the stadium. Right. right. But, like, if you go to, say, Kaufman Stadium, sure. unless you're, you got a luxury box and you get the diamond level parking, yeah. you're going to walk a quarter mile, yeah. half mile. <laughs> you're hiking. You're going to park a long ways away from sure. the gate you're going yeah. to. Yeah, I will. So. I will say one of my. Fa- I know we talked about promotions earlier, and it was probably my favorite thing that I that I ever saw was uh, at the, the the independent team that they used to have here. Uh, they had the beer batter of the inning. Yes, yes. And it was like the worst hitter on the team. Yeah. And if he struck out, I think beer was like half price. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and you would see all these guys lined up, ready to take <laughs> off to the concourse, yep. so they could go get their half price yeah. beer. And it was the most entertaining thing. Yeah. Some of them stumbling falling yeah. over it was great <laughs> rooting for their own guy to strike yeah. well, no it's the other team oh okay, okay. and the best part about that is when you go look that guy up you go oh man this guy's one for 30 and he struck out 15 times in the last 18 at bats oh that's our dude today yeah he already feels bad right oh, yeah <laughs> beer batter guy at least he can make the stadium happy yeah, that's right yeah. so uh so we're sitting at an hour let's let's wrap this thing up with the question that you get asked probably more than any other question of doing this whole ordeal so what's the deal with the team name? So team name, um, you're looking at a late fall uh, unveil okay. for it. That's so Logo November. What did you call it? Uh, yeah, Logo November. Logo November. Yep. That's what it was. So you're looking at a late fall, probably probably November. Okay. Um, we will start releasing some names to the public within the next couple of weeks. Ooh. So there'll be about seven names that we're going to release. Now let me reiterate this: this is not a voting mechanism. I was going to okay. ask you that. This is a, hey, these could be the names, and we're going to try to be a little bit more interactive with it. So, you know, a lot of other teams will just throw six names at you, right, and say, or they've done it. And I'm not saying that's the right way or wrong way or that's whatever it Bodie is. That's how Bodie McBoatface happened. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, so, you know, I think for us, because of it, it's a very unique 
situation and the excitement for the team. And I think at the end of the day, whatever the team name is, this city is going to support. Sure. Unless it's something ridiculous, which I, I will assure you it's not. I, I had um, a real problem with this last team, the Wingnuts. Yeah. Because they put it up to a vote to the city and then sure. went with something that they didn't so, – with a name they didn't put up for the vote. And that's what's happened the last two votes uh, of two other teams uh, that did that. I think it was Colorado Springs and um, and uh, Gwinnett. Um they weren't the names and you know look they at the end of the day like i don't have a hundred percent decision of what happens you know lou our owner decides what yeah you know, he wants to do he's really good at giving us input but you know we don't we're not going to be able to a hundred percent do that but the last thing we're going to do going back to the brand is put everyone's invested in voting on this name and then all of a sudden well, well we don't trust you guys with whatever the name was going to be we're going to do whatever that doesn't that's not a good look right, no, right. Yeah. how many so, hats and shirts are you going to sell and yeah yeah so um we're going to go with we'll have seven names and then they'll be released every two weeks leading up to the unveil um how we're going to do that we'll, we're going to get interactive type of things like that uh, i got to finalize that in the next two weeks but november Mid-November is going to be when we're going to unveil. So we want to do everything at the same time. We want to do team name. We want to do logos. We want to show you the uniforms. We want to show you everything that you're going to get right there and then. And then our merchandise store is going to be open. Boom, there nice. it is. That'd be awesome. So, so I, we were and, talking like uh, like local stuff would be like a, a like you came up with the keepers, like the keeper I, of the planes. I came up with the keepers, and I came up with uh, the Wichita lineman as a joke. I, I was actually doing that to <laughs> kind of piss both of you off. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> What I say, uh, the I keepers actually, I think is a good idea. We're famous for BTK, so maybe the Stranglers. Oh God, that's <laughs> awful! Stranglers or or the Meth Heads. We got a lot of those. Now, I I did awful. like I did like the uh, Scotty had come up with the idea of the Wicked. Okay, uh, that name uh, I, with the Wizard of Oz theme. I like sure. it. I honestly. I really like the name Baby Cakes. Yeah. <laughs> that's a very... That's an interesting it, it's story. It's an interesting name. That's kind of a unique New Orleans thing, though, isn't it? I yeah. Mean, yeah. yeah. So King it, Cake, right? Yeah. So it's literally the baby that comes out of the King Cake. Now, you know, we couldn't... People are like, well, why don't you call yourself the King Cake? Well, if you ask someone about King Cake in New Orleans, they're going to say, well, what bakery are you talking about? Mm -hmm. Right? So we didn't... We want to differentiate ourselves from that from that shuffle right? right and so baby cakes you know hey we made the name up that's the minor league baseball team <laughs> right. um and so when you explain it that way to people when you actually explain the term oh okay you know yeah. especially some people from new orleans too because you know it plays off the mardi gras tradition right sure. um you know and everyone thinks mardi gras is one day um it's actually it's actually about two months mm -hmm. um you know it obviously gets as you get closer and closer to the day uh, the parades ramp up in there, but it's a very family oriented uh, thing, believe it or not. Yeah, know? I remember yeah, when uh, my mom would show her boobs for beads. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. That's yeah. how I was conceived. Yeah, I mean, yeah. No, yeah. That's awful. <laughs> no. uh, for, my mom thought I needed a lot of beads. Yeah. <laughs> she did it a lot. It's just what was her thing. Uh, well, well, for what it's worth, I mean, this is probably the cleanest show I think we've ever done. Oh, sure. That's because yeah. he by, did most of the talking. Like, by far. <laughs> he did that on purpose. Actually, the whole reason, it was kind of a funny story. Whenever we did our last episode, I knew me and you were talking, and I was sure. really wanting you to come on the show. And I told the guys before the last episode, I was like, we got to be ourselves, but I kind of want to tone it down a little bit because I want to send this episode to Bob because I think he'd be a little bit more open to the, this episode sure. as opposed to the one before that, which was absolutely just 
I don't even know what you yeah. it was it was shameful on Scotty's part with the assumptions <laughs> yeah, no, that he was do making. Don't do, don't do it. I'm not going to. <laughs> I'm not Scotty. Yeah. Right. But uh but anyways, that's that's all I have for for me. But do any of you guys have anything at all that you want to ask him? Uh no. Uh <laughs> let's see. <laughs> uh, I I did have an, an interesting question. Is it uh two questions? One, uh, so technically, out of everybody, is Jeter your boss? Uh, no, actually, Jeter is not our boss at all. Okay, uh, that's a, so separate. Like Marlins, yeah, operations well, are Marlins okay. operations. Uh, our boss, my boss, or bosses, should we say? It goes Lou, owner. Okay, it goes Jay, president. And it goes Jared, who's the GM, and then it goes me. So everything okay. goes through them. Um, you know, I still haven't got to see Jeter. I missed him by five minutes, I guess, uh, at the winter meetings in, in Vegas last time. Okay. Uh, something came he's up. He's not so that I, great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, yeah, he's 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 not our boss, but, you know, we, we obviously interact with him because of our partnership. Sure. So. And my last question, which is kind of something that we've talked about on the show before, uh, I'm get, you, say, you sound like quite a pretty big baseball guy just in general. Sure. Uh, like, they had that big deal this year with Kyler Murray. Was he going to play football or yeah. baseball? How we don't think he was going to be that great of a baseball prospect. How do you think he would have panned out? I mean, he was 270 hitter in college. Sure. With metal bats. I mean, yeah, you know, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to tell. Cause some, you know, when they're drafting these guys, it's not the complete package. On no. Them. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's something that they see. Um, I think the thing about it is we'll never know. Um, you know, his agent at the end of the day said, Hey, this is going to be your biggest payday if you do this. Mm. Right. Um, and, and that's a, the one thing I think about it too, uh, when you look at the dynamics of how things work, um, he's guaranteed that money and he's going to play in the NFL for at least, you know, a year, two years, whatever that's going to be immediately mm-hmm. you get drafted, you're not guaranteed major league playing time. Mm-hmm. You know, you might not see it for 10 years. Yeah. You might never see it. You that's might go up, said. you might go up one day and you'll never go up ever again. So the uncertainty I can understand Hey, this is a payday. I'm gonna get this no matter what, mm-hmm. you know. So if you say, "Hey, I'm gonna give a kid 25 million right away," or you can wait six years and potentially get 250 million, what are they gonna do? Right. Yeah. Okay. You know? And that's the kind of the mentality. I mean, that's why you you think about the athletes that we do have in football, we do have in basketball, and some of these other sports. You know, they they're getting that money right away, um, and you know they're getting recruited hard for. It. I mean, we have a kid on our League 42 team. I would say if he really works hard at it, he could be really good. But I know he's going to get approached for football. He's going to get approached for track. And in a society we live in, here's $25 million right now. <laughs> or, you can, or you can potentially get... Two hundred and fifty million. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Plus, yeah. plus, track guys get all the chicks. Oh yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. sure. Uh, yeah, but Shane Bolt is really—he's he's really he's, getting the women. He's dripping in the ladies' yeah. track. <laughs> so let them know where they can—they uh, can find you on Facebook or Instagram and put in your plug, man. Yeah. So I mean, you can just follow—you know—follow us at Wichita Baseball Twenty Twenty on Facebook and Instagram, and then just Wichita Baseball on Twitter. Awesome. Um, and I do run all those at the moment. So um, you know, if you. I think the one thing we all want to make sure that we do um, is if, you know, you guys have questions or people, we respond. Sure, so, sure. But, yeah, you could do that. and then You, you could, respond. Yep, yep <laughs> I respond. Um, you know, uh, you can also follow me on uh, Twitter, The Bobby Mo Show. Awesome. Um, or Bob Millette, whatever it is. Uh, LinkedIn is a big one, too. I, I, I pretty much connect with everyone on LinkedIn. I see... I don't, you know, unless they look kind of weird. Thank God. Yeah, you're not getting connected on LinkedIn. Nope, I'm out. So, but uh, yeah, yeah, any of that stuff. And then 
you know, wichitabaseball2020.com right now. And then as we get closer, we'll have our updated socials and, awesome. and, and, and website and stuff. And what's awesome. the new website? I tried. Wichitabaseball.com. We'll take 2020 out. If I could make a suggestion for the opening day of next year, have you ever considered a T-ball legend to throw out the first pitch? <laughs> You know what? We'll you know we'll we'll see what we can do. Defensive legend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can still try out for the team, Jeremy. I sure. I'm not gonna. But I sure could. Well, again, man, thank you very, very much for coming on. We we sincerely appreciate it. We like what you're doing. We we're, we love what we're hearing about this new team that's sure. coming to, we're, to this we're area. We're all very super excited. Yes, about it. especially us three. But anything that we can do to help spread the word, we yeah. would definitely, definitely do cool. that too. Yeah, so, thank, thank you for having me on. No, absolutely. It was a great absolutely. conversation. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, guys, uh, that was going to wrap it up for today. Uh, like we always say, do us a favor. Uh, if you like us, let your friends know. And if you don't like us, tell your enemies. All right. Until next time, guys. <laughs> Take that filter off and make it dirty. We'll see you. Take care.